Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new week, a new another digital citizen. And uh, let's say hello to the man that uh, is uh, with me every single week for 281 weeks. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Yeah, you're you're always here. Mm-hmm. Would be weird if you weren't. Uh, I think there was one week where you weren't there. That was a little weird, but yeah. I was there. I have, I've been on every week, every show, but I was there for five minutes. For five minutes of one show, right? And it, it was <laughs> yeah. you going, I'm in bed, sleep. I, uh. I haven't <laughs> Yeah, that was the... The day after the last election, mm-hmm. I remember. I had a headache that was as uh, long as Norway was, because I had been drinking all night. Right. And, yeah, that was an awful, awful night. I, I still remember the the day I felt the day after was like, oh, I am hangover and Trump won. <laughs> 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 like, Yes. Yes, so happy. Yeah, no, that was a long, long time ago. Uh, at least it feels a long, long, long time ago. How's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Um, really nice here, so it's been nice and sunny. And that's less depressing than it's been lately. I mean, a lot of, I mean, winter weather, so to have some sun come out, it's felt good to me, at least. The sun will always come out tomorrow, tomorrow, mm-hmm. I heard some rumors about that. Uh, my week's been okay as well, I guess. A little wedge. Just like, uh, yeah, I've been uh, exhausted, to be totally honest. Uh, but yeah, no, I feel okay today. Uh, uh, at least, uh, okay, enough to do this show. Uh, we have a lot of news that we will talk about. Uh, let's start uh, with... Uh, Biggest case, probably. Um, the U.S. airstrike in Syria. Uh, let's talk a little about that. What has happened? The uh, United States launched airstrikes in Syria on Thursday last week, targeting facilities near the Iraqi border used by Iranian-backed military groups. Uh, the Pentagon said the strikes were in retaliation for a rocket attack in Iraq earlier this month. They killed one civilian. Uh, the airstrike was the first military action under the Biden administration, which in its first weeks has emphasized its intent to be more focused on the challenges posed by China, uh, even as this happens in the Mideast. Mm. Yeah, seems like a weird excuse, to be honest. The whole thing's weird. I mean, listen to this sentence. They launched airstrikes in Syria to target 
facilities in Iraq used by Iranian-backed militia groups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How confusing. We got, and then we got bombed in Iraq, so we're going to bomb you in Syria, but we're bombing people from Iran. <laughs> the whole thing is like the ridi- most ridiculous proxy war bullshit ever. It's like someone very missed the uh, geography lesson and thinks Syria and Iran is the same place. Well, I would compare it to after 9-11, we're like, oh, the Afghanis attacked us. We're going in Iraq. <laughs> that makes sense, mm. right? Mm. I still remember uh, the report of the weapons of mass destruction that they had in Iraq and how Colin Powell lied to the UN. Oh, such a weird, weird thing. Like, see, look here. They are moving. They have transports. I promise. It's totally true. Uh, the you know, it, Pentagon's chief spokesman says the proportionate military response was conducted together with di- with diplomatic measures, including consultation with coalition partners. Uh, yeah, the the idea of this, uh, they're saying it's, they did this in a deliberate manner, uh, we have acted mm. it in a deliberate manner that aims to de-escalate the overall situation in Syria. I'm not yeah. sure how bombing people de-escalates. <laughs> that sounds like bullshit to me, but I'm, you know, just, I'm just a crazy American, so... <laughs> yeah, as a crazy Norwegian, I I totally agree. That is extremely weird. I feel like that's the opposite of de-escalating, but sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to de-escalate something, so I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bomb them. <laughs> and I think the worst, well, at least the most cynical thing in America right now that I've seen is uh, like on Twitter and other places, the response from liberals and mostly, you know, uh, right, writer wing Democrats say like saying, oh, not not condemning this the same way they did when Trump bombed Syria. If you remember that mm-hmm. when he bombed oh, yeah. Syria, dropping the mother of all bombs uh, there, uh, some some people were very upset because it was Trump. But when Biden does it, then it, then I guess they're the bombs are filled with bunny rabbits and chocolate. I guess <laughs> they bomb them with love. Right, it's Easter. We wanted to give them a treat. <laughs> Easter bombings and chocolate. <laughs> Those are the, that's what Biden bombs are filled with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think that's the case, Luke. I don't think that's the case. Um, but it would be funny though. Maybe there's tungsten in there. I heard tungsten is very heavy. But yeah, at least you're not coming to Norway, so I'm I'm kind of happy that uh, it, uh, we're not in any danger of the U.S. coming to Norway and doing things near the border or something. We talked about U.S. troops being board uh, positioned on the border in Norway four years mm-hmm. ago on this podcast. Many... Yeah. Many years ago, uh, when they initially got put up in kind of the Arctic Circle, uh, and if I remember correctly, the the article at the time that we found it in, it was all about how they were training 
with tanks in the snow and on ice and how that, mm. oh, it's so cool, they're training on ice. And we're like, but wait a second, are you telling me there's U.S. Why? troops in Norway? <laughs> it was like kind of an afterthought of the article, if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this month, the uh, Biden administration sends B-1 bomber uh, to Norway. Uh, mm. And I'll tell you why in a second, which I, the reasoning is, wow, uh, the B-1 bombers, uh, the B-1 bomber fl- flew a mission over Norwegian Sea near the Russian Navy, the B-1 bomber task force mission near the deploy- deployment to Norway by the U.S. Air Force said on Saturday, the show of force uh, was near Russian naval bases. Uh, the two bombers arrived in Norway earlier this week. Support aircraft and over 200 Air Force personnel have also arrived at the Air Force base where the Norway's F-35 fleet is also stationed. Uh, the sea and arm of the Atlantic Ocean and Arctic area is adjacent uh, waters regarded as na- Russia's naval backyard and home of Russia's northern fleet. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm sure Russia is Super happy about this. <clears throat> um, when they actually sent it there, uh, mm-hmm. their exact reasons were they were intimidating Russia. That was the whole reason of sending this B-1 right. bomber to the area. Yeah. It wasn't like they were like, yeah. oh, we're just there to like defend the area in, in case of anything. It wasn't that at all. It was, oh. we're sending... Uh, a bomber there specifically to uh, say, hey, Russians, look, we have a bomber in your area and we can use it if we want to. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's... Uh, I hate this. I hate that the government allow, allows this. I hate the Norwegian government for at, at all, like, playing this game. It's like... So... I always think of Norway as a chess piece, and we are letting the Americans, and we have let the Americans play this game with Russia for the longest time. And to be honest, if I was Russia, I would be a little fed up with this soon. And I, I, I think this will have consequences. It would be extremely weird if it didn't have any consequences on the sale of fish or... Uh, oil export to uh, Russia. We do a lot of oil export to Russia. Like we're the nearest neighbor in the north. It mm-hmm. would be super, super, super weird uh, if this was any other country. But we will let we let the United States do this for absolutely no fucking reason, and I don't really understand why. Uh, I don't like it. I, I maybe it's in your the government you have right now's interest. I mean, you have more of a right wing government right now, currently, sure. right? So yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I imagine that that has a lot to do with it. Is your current well, po- politicians who are in charge? I'm guessing uh, <laughs> agreeing with you know kind of the more neoliberal centrist ideas. Uh, definitely. But this was never a problem under the Trump administration. Oh, we were there. This is just yeah, but we it, had, yeah, but yeah. We, we, you were not doing anything. No, now uh, we're actually 
kind of being a- aggressive towards uh, yeah. Russia, which is, yeah, not great. It, I mean, which scares me. Yeah, the exact words I'm seeing here: uh, B1 bomber to Nori to send a message to Russia is what they're saying. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, they're trying to send a message. They're not even trying to hide it. They're literally saying, "Hey, we're sending yeah. a message." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if you send a message, guess what? You will probably get the response. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we right. we've talked about before the Russians say getting mad at Norway for the buildup of troops yeah. on the border, being like, "Hey, why are you allowing yeah. the U.S. to do this?" It's clear what their yeah. what their objectives are. Right. Um, and I don't think it was that much different under Trump as far as like the buildup of troops on the border. Uh, Not really, no. Right. I, this is the first time under Biden we're seeing some aggression, but also mm-hmm. I think Biden in the last two weeks, at least for me, I, I think a lot of people are seeing him as a totally different person, especially after... Uh, not sanctioning the Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman, uh, MBS for short, uh, for the Khashoggi murder. I mean, this is right. one of uh, bombing a country within the first two months of your presidency and then yeah. doing this and then not allowing the $15 minimum wage. I mean, he's just doing all these things to he's he's basically trying to lose 2022 for the Democrats, I think. Uh, but the Biden administration is facing criticism over decisions to thus far not directly punish uh, MBS, despite the declassification of an intelligence report which clearly implicates the prince for the brutal murder of the Washington Post journalist. Uh, detractors have equated the White House response effectively the same of that as the Trump administration uh, when then-President Donald Trump seemingly defended uh, MBS. Right. I, I What I find extremely weird about this situation, well, yes, I do find it weird, uh, I, is that uh, the media coverage o- over this is totally different because it's Biden. Uh, if Trump would have done exactly the same thing, it's sort of like it would be page down and page up about this. Norwegian media or or media at all seems very little interested in this whatsoever i mean it's out of the news now in america already yeah yeah i mean the yeah. mainstream news they're not talking about it all anymore i mean it was a big deal in the first few days when it happened um and now it's kind of gone out of whatever out of the scope of things i guess they're talking about other things now uh, mm-hmm. The prince himself is not set to face any repercussions for the attack, which enraged observers around the world and raised questions about civil liberties of a national exile and press freedom. Do you think... I, 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 I have a theory. Do you think you are that Trump-tired that you are letting Biden get away with a lot of stuff? Uh, we're only two in months in. We, it seems yeah. like Trump was like millions of years ago, but we're only two months into his presidency, and Joe Biden has uh, refused to uh, allow uh, them to drop the case against Julian Assange. He's bombed mm-hmm. Syria within the first two yeah. months. He's uh, also allowing this guy to go free again, kind of like they're saying it's uh, against press freedom because this guy murdered a journalist who was investigating him uh, and yeah, and then yeah, also uh, Biden is now trying to fight stuff. the minimum wage he's trying to uh, 
they're trying to cut back the amount of money that they're going to give out for relief checks by cutting right. down the people who are going to be able to get it today. I, I don't see any other thing than tr- Biden trying to lose Democrat seats in the House and the Senate in two years. Like, it, right. it, he's done everything in the last two months to make himself look bad that he can. But but why why is he getting away with it, though? It's, it feels like he's getting away with it. Because the mainstream media it's, is not talking about right. these things. Like, yeah. it, they'll say it, that's, and then it'll just come and go. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was Trump, it would be in the media all the right. time. But because it's Biden, uh, and we're in that honeymoon period. You got to think of it as a, like a relationship in a honeymoon. You're, and when you right. first meet somebody and you're you're getting to know them, they can do nothing wrong. Like they're perfect, and we're still in that first two month honeymoon period of the presidency, where at least a lot of the media is going. Uh, we don't see, we can't see him doing anything wrong because it, everything's so perfect and so beautiful. And in, in the very beginning of this, because Trump was so bad, and now we got this new boyfriend, fro, and he's so great for us. It, it, it irritates me that that uh, it seems like he's getting away with it. Uh, it seems like we're we're one of the few few people talking about this, and it irritates the fuck out of me. Uh, talk about people that irritates the fuck out of me. Uh, let's talk about Kumia. Uh, Governor of New York, uh, Andrew Cuomo, resigned. uh, Resignation intensified late Monday afternoon, or calls for him Mm -hmm. to resign intensified late Monday afternoon after a third woman came forward to accuse him of offensive behavior, saying he touched her face and back and asked to kiss her moments after they met at a wedding reception. Okay. Okay. yeah, she, and, and we just watched a press conference where he said he would not uh, give up. He's not going to resign. He said right. he's got too much work to do in New York was his was why he said he wasn't going to resign. Um, this woman told the New York Times late Monday that she removed the Democrats, Democratic governor's hand from her back, but he seemed to be aggressive and promptly put his hands on her face and asked, asked if he could kiss her. See, that sounds way worse than just like, you know, yeah. a, having a yeah. hand on your back and saying, hey, can I kiss you? Even though that's weird, aggressively right. yeah. gra- grabbing somebody's face and saying, can I kiss you is a lot different. Uh, that, that's what I do with women every time I meet them for the first time. You just smash their faces, like their <laughs> cheeks are like all sticking out and they're like, Urgh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like that ant from any classic bad uh, Disney com- uh, Disney yes. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how normal people agreed each other? <laughs> uh, she oh, said, uh, I was so confused and shocked and embarrassed. Uh, I turned my head away and I didn't have words in that moment, she said. Uh, the pattern of sexual harassment and... Pr- Predatory behavior by Governor Cuomo is unacceptable, and I believe women, and I believe the women that are coming forward, uh, said New York Councilwoman, oh, Councilman Antonio Renozo. Okay, but like, like he's calling for him to resign, but like we said just now, uh, mm-hmm. we were watching it, and Cuomo says he's not going to resign. So, right. <laughs> yeah. 
What a creep, if this is true. Yeah, there's three diff three separate accusations, so, again, it's yeah. like... I, it's almost hard to say they're not... They're all fake, or they're all... You know what I mean? Like, true. when there's three different people, it's a whole different thing than if it's just one, one woman or something like that, right? True, but I always remind myself when people come out with their Me Too story that I saw uh, a live Me Too movement burn live on Big Brother Live, so... Right. <laughs> always trust women isn't always the right way But again, yeah, but when you have, if you have like three to five women, then it's like, okay, that's, there's, this is like... Sure. Compounding evidence, it's like building, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, no, there's, there's no smoke without fire. Exactly. Right. Um... Yeah, let's talk about COVID-19, talking about things that should be on fire. Uh, COVID-19 variants pose real threats to vaccine progress. Does it uh, see well, warns this is good news? No, it isn't. Uh, the highly contagious variants of the coronavirus are a threat to the U.S. and could reverse a recent drop in COVID-19 cases, said the head of... Cent Oh, Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Mm. Uh, the nation reported an average of 9,977 COVID hospitalizations <laughs> a day last week, down 17%. Uh, it says, the oh, she said, the continued proliferation of variants remains a great concern and is a threat that could reverse the recent positive trends we're seeing. Uh, everybody, please continue to wear a mask and save six feet apart from people you don't live with. Avoid travel, crowds, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, U.S. health officials, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, have expressed concerns about mutations that could potentially evade protections of vaccines that are even currently on the market. Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and, and Novax are, have already said their vaccines m could be less potent against the highly contagious strain found from South Africa. Is one of them called Novax? Novavax, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a very weird name of a vaccine company. I think it's the name of the... I don't know if... I don't think... Is that the company or is that the vaccine itself? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, it is the company, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I produce uh, vaccines. What's the uh, name of your company? Novax. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? It, I mean, this is how these things happen in America. Is it's probably three different medical companies that all had different names. And then they right. all combined. And then they just took the names and made this, this weird t name that doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah, but uh, it's, it's still weird. Do you know who, who doesn't need a vaccine? Who? Mr. Potato Head doesn't need a vaccine. At he least not yet. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's made of plastic, so he doesn't need it. Yeah, but the, pla anyone. the plastic potato variant is coming... I think it was coming out of Brazil, isn't that right? Okay. Yeah, the plastic potato coronavirus variant, yeah. <laughs> Very rare, but it is out there. But yeah, I, why are people so up in arms of this because holy fuck I've seen a lot of things on uh, YouTube about this 
about Mr. Potato Head brand going gender neutral. Uh, in an effort to promote inclusivity, uh, the iconic Mr. Potato Head brand is going gender neutral by dropping the Mr. from its title in f favor of a more modern look. But the brand sparked confusion on so social media when it made the announcement. And now fans are asking, are the characters Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head no more? Uh, Hasbro announced Thursday that it would be dropping the Mr. title from the brand to better reflect the full line. Uh, it said that an upcoming playset will not feature Mr. and Mrs. designations. Uh, Mr. Potato Head will provide endless creative possibilities, blah de blah this is Hasbro. But later that day, Hasbro clarified that the characters themselves will still feature gender titles, just not prominently. Uh, the brand itself will not. Okay. So, the boxes, yeah, so like, each one, it like, it'll be Potato Head, then there'll be, like, the box will be Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head, whatever, yeah. Right. So, I, I've seen a picture uh, of this thing, and, I mean, it says uh, Mr. Potato on one of those. Uh, right, so. like, the main title says Potato Head, and then if you look down yeah. in the, like, the description, like, if you were to get an action figure, yeah. and it was, like... G.I. Joe, and it would say G.I. Joe at the top, and then at the bottom it would say right. the character name of the action figure you're actually buying. This is the same. It says right. Potato Head. Yeah. Underneath it says the character name Mr. Potato or Mr. Potato Head. Or Mrs. Potato Head, right. sorry. Right. And, that, that, and, and, and this is kind of... <laughs> I listened to a comedian and said, that said something in, in the veins of, wasn't the whole point of this, like... Uh, mixing and matching back and forward on a potato, like like it could be anything. It could it could yeah. It could be a man and a woman. It could be whatever you want it to be, right? Right. And it's like I just. It's also a potato, by the way. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like you take all the clothes off of a Mr. Potato, all the eyes and all the ears and all the mustaches. There's no, there's nothing down there. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not filled out underneath the pants. <laughs> it, you're saying your potatoes don't have a penis and a vagina look? I'm just saying this is all just a big PR thing to try to get, like, publicity for, you know, to to get uh, get their name out in the news. It's really what it all is. It, it, okay. it's, it's all just a PR stunt to try to sell shit. Like, they don't really care about sure. inclusivity and, like, uh, being gender neutral. All they care about is selling plastic to kids. <laughs> I, I could not agree more. Right. And and in here here's that kind of, like, what is even more sad about this is, like, like people making a big case uh, out of this right like, it, it doesn't really fucking matter like it doesn't matter at all hey uh well republic we, we gotta go back yeah. Yeah, like you were saying the republicans are making a big deal out of it because they want to twist it and make it actually into something about like uh this company uh getting rid of gender norms or whatever and it's like you clearly are just twisting this story for your own purposes, because there's no indication yeah. that anything like that is happening. Right. They are really, really trying to make it into something that it isn't. Right, exactly. For their yeah. own purpose. <coughs> I'm so sorry that I have a small cough today. 
wedge. If only there was a back. mute button you could hit when you cough so we didn't have to hear it. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. <laughs> speaking of... <laughs> speaking of kids' things, I guess, six books withdrawn over hurtful and wrong imagery. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Seuss will no longer be published because of racially insensitive Im imagery. The company that preserves the author author's legacy has said... Uh, among the six books withdrawn are Iran the Zoo, Scrambled Egg Super. I've never heard of that one. Um, no. McElliot's Pool and On Beyond Zebra. Uh, I've never heard of any of those. The Dr. Seuss Enterprise says these books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. It says the decision was made after con consulting experts and teachers... Uh, ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment to a broader plan to ensure the Dr. Seuss Enterprise catalog represents and supports all communities and families. So, can I guess who isn't super uh, uh, sad about this? Who? Me. Do you know why? I don't know. When we had our least favorite book series and uh, uh, things like that for kids... I had Doctor all Doctor Seuss books as my number one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this just uh, they again. This is something that like it. If you read into it, this uh, the estate basically of of Doctor Seuss. They mm. are the ones that made the decision. Hey, we don't want to put these books out, but then Republican people online, Republican people in the news on Fox come around and go, mm. they're canceling Dr. Seuss because they say it's racist, and they're banning books, and they, they treat it like it, there's a there's a book burning happening, you know, like it's the 80s mm. and people are burning a Quiet Riot CDs or something, but really... <laughs> Quiet Riot. <laughs> really what's happening here is uh, nothing. <laughs> because all these books are still in, like, school libraries. All these books are still in libraries in cities... It's not like these books have been banned. It's just that this, the people who own the trust for his estate, they say right. they're not going to produce any more of these books. That's all. And somehow Republicans get get it and twist it and make it, oh, they're trying, it's all about cancel culture, and they, they think that Dr. Seuss is racist. And they boil it down to this very minute talking point, and then they just go from there, and they go off in all these other directions that, like don't have anything to do with this but when you really look into it it's like all these books are still in schools what are you talking about i wonder how many of our listeners remember quiet rights uh hey alex jones uh we have talked about him uh he's a big trump supporter or at least he was yeah it seemed like it for a while didn't it and um, i mean he was super on him uh, about like how how they were friends and uh, he called. I think even Trump, like in the beginning of his presidency, called in to Alex Jones and things like that, didn't he? Something, I remember something like that. I don't. I don't. I never saw it, but I heard that it happened. Right. right? But it's it is uh, Alex Jones, so it could have just never happened, and we right. <laughs> sure, sure, because Alex Jones never lies. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's uh, see what he says about Trump now in a leaked video. Okay, give me a countdown. Yep. In three, two, one, play. Part of me 
the selfish part. Wishes I'd never met Donald Trump. Whoa. Wishes that I'd never met Roger Stone. Whoa. Because unlike previous things I'd done that were game-changing, those were just time-space continuum reflections. <laughs> of course they were. Of the third. Of course they were. Change how we involved in this. Oh, my God. They're just time-space continuum Donald. reflections. Yeah. So I said it again. I said, Austin, office. Because this is, you guys are asking really good questions. This is going to be a really good thing, but I'm going to say it again in a minute. Is he drunk? It's, 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 yes. It's, it's the truth, and I'm just going to say it, that I wish I never would have fucking met Trump. I wish it never would have happened. And it's not that the attacks that I've been through. It's I'm so sick of fucking Donald Trump, man. God, I'm fucking sick. <laughs> but I'm not doing this because it's like I'm kissing his fucking ass. You know, it's just like I'm sick of it. All right, we can stop there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, he's sick of it, from. Mm. Yeah. I didn't really get that feeling when he was the president, to be honest. I heard somebody make a very good observation. It's like, when Alex Jones first got into it, mm. he probably figured Trump would lose. And so he was, mm. like, all behind it because he could be like, once Trump lost, then his shtick could be like, on his show, right. be like, oh my gosh, they stole it from us, uh, whatever, right. uh, to his viewers. And then when Trump won, it screwed over his whole business model of future broadcasting because he could no longer yeah, use that idea of like, oh my God, they stole it from us because now they had won. And he's like, oh shit, what do I do now? So like, yeah, I thought that was an interesting concept. You know... It's clearly that he's a scaremonger and a total bullshit artist out of proportions. But, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, they're not going to be best of friends. I guess we are not going to see uh, Alex Jones in the future on The Apprentice, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like we're ever going to yeah. see The Apprentice again, but yeah. Do you know what? I would not think that is impossible. I think I think the apprentice will come back. I, I actually do. No. I don't even Donald Trump will, will be involved, but sure, the concept will come back. I don't think so. I think it's tainted too much. I mean, they they tried to bring it back with, what's his name? With, uh, uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ar Arnold, yeah, and then that just, it, nobody wanted to watch it. Probably, I don't know, I, Donald Trump blamed it, oh, it's because they don't want to see Arnold, but I think, like, the con the idea of Apprentice is now tainted because of Donald Trump, and nobody wants to watch something that's been tainted like that. Sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I can agree to that. Yeah. Um. You. Hey. Uh. I think we talked about Unity. I think I asked you three weeks in a row for what you think about Unity. Soon. Uh. I like Unity. Uh. We all need Unity. Uh. Let's unite against Trump telling the truth about we need unity. This is Trump but Trump tells the truth. I've done this now for nearly five years, this segment. Five years since Logan Fro asked me to do so. I lose some track of time and during this pandemic I've been losing track of my time a lot. My time schedule is quite different. I'm doing this at night, nearly morning sometimes. 
because it's all in my clear moment in my head. This is taking toll a lot of us. A long time ago, I think it was one year or two years ago, I talked about we need more unity now. We don't we need less nationalism. We need more working over the borders. We need more UN. We need more European Union and other kinds of organizations who work for that. Well, I've been thinking about that. And I think we have to do it no more now than ever. Nationalism doesn't work. There have been a vaccine situation in the European Union right now. The European Union have not delivered what they promised. I don't think that is a reason to break up the European Union. It's not like the European Union also fail. We have to make the European Union better. There are a lot of other things in the news that not be not on CNN or any American network at all. In the situation in Norway. Now we are stationing American soldiers in Norway. We haven't done that ever. No, not even during the Cold War we had stationed so American soldiers in Norway. Norway is not far from Russia. What is going on? The politicians are not telling us. We have been ordered or advised, as they call it, to have some tablets in case of a nuclear disaster. Why in the fuck do the government say you have to have tablet because of radiation? If there aren't anything, there aren't something. We need peace agreements more than ever. It's a hard bargain. It's hard, I know, like Poland is not democratic, Hungary is fucked up, Britain is a motherfucking shit place. People are protesting in, in Spain, in Thailand, in Burma, everywhere. Even there have been black matter protests in fucking Japan. Japan, people who never oppose their leaders at all. That is what's happening. And we are taking. We have been ordered to have tablets lying around. There are a chaos situation. And I don't know how to solve it. But we need more unity. All of say, how can you create a unity when you're all sitting inside houses? In everybody's alone. We're isolated. We are not. We have more technical means now than ever. But we're using it wrong. We are playing together. Yeah, with video games and so on. We're discussing popular culture. We are just having this podcast and so on. But what we need now is more social change. Don't think country. Don't think race. Don't think obstacles. Think more solutions. This year has been one of the warmest winter in Norway ever. You have temperature now it was unthinkable 10, 20 years ago. We have nearly spring and it's March. That is strange when you're nearby the country in the Arctic Circle. But we cannot solve this alone. We cannot create our own solution alone. And we have to stop making the solution be in a pissing contest. I don't care if Norway worked with this together with France and Germany. I do not care if the solution for many of the problems come in a collaboration between America, Mexico and Cuba. But one thing we do know, that somebody has to get a finger out their ass and stop this to be a contest. This is not a sport event. This is not Olympics or a 
world championships or anything like that. This is the solutions for all humankind. We have to be open and talk about the issues you mean, not something. When people are starting to put soldiers in Norway and nobody is talking about it, we don't talking about the real issues. We don't discussing the real solutions. We need more unity now than ever. This was Tron. We're Tron told the truth. Have a nice evening. Thank you, Tron, for telling the truth once again. Hey, Golden Globes, look, I watched it. You didn't. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I I saw some highlights just when I was watching just different. Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure there were any highlights, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I. Uh... Uh, I mean, I just saw clips, is what I meant, for, uh, on YouTube, yeah. but other than that, no. Awful, awful show. Um, but yeah, we bet last week, let's go to the results. Uh, for best television series in the drama, The Crown won. I picked that, and you picked Lovecraft Country, so I got a point there. Yeah, musical or comedy, Schitt's Creek won. Uh, I pick The Great, and you pick Schitt's Creek. So you get a point, so we're tied, currently. Uh, actor, Josh O'Connor, for The Crown. Uh, neither of us picked that. Actress, in the drama, Emma Torin for The Crown. Uh, neither of us picked that. Uh, then a best performance in the television series, musical, or comedy. We have an actor, uh, Jason Sudakis for Ted Lasso. And I got a point there, and you picked Don Cheadle for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in The Actress, uh, Katrina O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. Uh, yeah, neither of us picked that. I picked Ella Fanning, you picked, uh, Kuko, whatever, Kaylee Kuko. Kuko? Kuko. Coco? Kuko Kuko. We can never, we can never take of what her name is, isn't that? It's the U that throws me off. If it was just C O C O, like it's no problem. But that U just throws yeah. everything out yeah. of whack. <laughs> then we have the best performance in the mirror series or television film. We have Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True. And neither of us got that right. I picked Jeff Daniels. You picked Ethan Hawke. Then we have actress is Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit. And I had picked that one, so I get a point. You picked Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Best Supporting Actress in a series, miniseries, or television film. Joy Boga for Small Axes. Let's see. Neither of us picked that. Uh, I'd picked Brennan Gleeson, and you had picked Donald Sutherland. And supporting actress, Gillian Anderson for The Crown. And I got a point there. And you would pick Cynthia Nixon. So, let's see. So far, this is just half of it, because we're doing movies and sure. TV mixed together, but so far right now, where we stand, I'm murdering you in the score. Yes, you're killing me. I got four, you're and you... Me. I have four, and you have one, but we've got ten uh, things to pick from in the in the... Movie category, so you could make a comeback. It's you're not out of the realm of possibility that you could make a comeback. Right. And we don't actually know who won this. <laughs> right. Because we we, we made a point of before. not counting up the scores just so it would be more exciting when we found out. Um, I mean, we have a general idea of who won 
the different categories, but we don't know who won yeah. our bet. Yeah. Uh, what should we do next? Uh, uh TV? TV? Sure. Have you seen it on the TV? I did. Uh, let's see. Oh, right. Uh, this is from last week. What did I see this week? Uh, The Return of Snowfall, season four. Good, good. Very good. Um, two episodes out. Uh, kind of a two episode opening of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see both these? Or yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, this, I almost feel like this. At least from these two episodes, this season mm-hmm. so far is better than last season somehow. And yes. I, I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I know. I love that. Really, really love that. Maybe the best opening season of the Snowfall ever. I don't know. This is a show that should just be... It should be being talked about the same way Breaking Bad was talked about when it was on. And I don't hear people talking about it that way. Yeah, no, I could not agree more. I I, I think it is uh, Breaking Bad good. Uh, And it is... It it is so weird that nobody is talking about it. I totally agree. I mean, I'm sure there are people, but not to the degree that, like, when Breaking Bad was first gone in the first couple seasons, it was like everybody Mm -hmm. was like, oh, we're all watching this show. Where this show, I I, I see people talking about it here and there when it's on, like, on Twitter Mm -hmm. or whatever, but... It's the quality of it feels so good to me that it feels super underrated uh, for how good it is. I don't know. That's just me, though. No, I I totally agree. I saw Canine Intervention on Netflix. Oh yeah, I saw this. Oh wait, Uh, pause. What did we give Snowfall first two episodes? Oh, um, an eight. I gave it a nine point five, probably. Oh, okay. Yep. I was a little careful that I I was a little thinking. Uh, yeah. I mean, last season was uh, really good, and this was even better. I didn't know where to go for, but up with my score, so... <laughs> right, yeah. Canine Intervention. Uh, canine Intervention, yeah. Uh, it follows this dog trainer called Jazz. Uh, was that what his uh, name was? I could not figure out for the life... They kept saying it, and they'd be like, <laughs> Jus, Jaws? Jews. Johns? Yeah. (laughs) It's J-A-S. Right, very... I don't know how to pronounce that, though. It's like, yeah. Joss. Anyway, uh, and he he runs this train-dogging facility in California, and he works with uh, all all breeds. Something that can be a little weird, since it's called Kelly Kenan. Because uh, when I think of canine, I think of like Rottweilers and. No, canine uh, is like... just—it's just the general term for dog, bro. Uh, okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, the first uh, episode was Lady Macbeth, <laughs> very cute dog with one leg. Oh right, uh, yeah. Uh, very like uh, it reminded me of the Dog Whisper. It was very like the Dog Whisper Anno twenty twenty one. This was more fo- uh, focused on the backstory of the dog than maybe because yeah. that show f- focused more on the backstory of kind of the owners and their the sure the home 
the way the home is for the dog, but this focused on, like, the dog's history and, like, why the dog got the way it is. Like, this guy focuses yeah. more on, like, the per the reason the dog is upset, not not so much where... What was Caesar Milan? Caesar, Caesar Milan, yeah. Caesar yeah. Milan. I wanted to say Caesar Romero, but that's Batman. Um, <laughs> he would focus more... It was That show was more focused just on, like, training. And this one's right. got more story-based, I guess. The guy's a little more interesting character-wise than Caesar oh, yeah. Milan, oh, I think. Definitely. Very uh, much. He has a better backstory. That uh, the first episode, yeah. they go into his backstory and why he got into training dogs. That was probably the most yeah. interesting part of the whole show to me. Some of the stuff's a I little s like sappy, just for the sake of being sappy. It's like, yeah, okay, you really don't have to shove down my throat like this. Uh, yeah. Trying to make me feel bad, shtick, right? Uh, I get yeah. it. The dog had a hard life. You don't have to like yeah. really, really push it that hard, but I get it. Okay. Uh, other yeah. than that, I thought it was an okay show as like a silly you reality show, right? Yeah, I I thought this was better than like a lot of other shows like this. I like this much better than the. Uh, uh, than the Cesar Milan Dog Whisper show, for example. But, uh, yeah, no, I will give this a 6. Oh, I gave it a 5.5. .5. So, yeah. I think it's just right above average. It's just... Yeah. It, it's the for super formulaic reality show, so it's so... Yeah. It's so the same as every other one, you can't really give it too high of a score. Uh, I saw... I what should I do next? Uh, Ginny and Georgia... Yeah, you made me watch this. Oh, I I didn't make you watch it. I said I watched well, it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, I'm not sure what I should watch. And you said, "Have you seen Jenny in Georgia?" And I was like, "What the fuck is Jenny in Georgia?" And then you said, "You should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's a okay drama." And I was like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, it's a young adult drama. They're very young adult. Very clearly. young adult. Um, <laughs> very. Kind of style. Look, you have to say yay a. <laughs> the y a y a drama, right? Y a drama, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling we're gonna start seeing that everywhere now. It's one of those things where you can't once you see it, you can't unsee it, and we're gonna start seeing it all over the place. Y a. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, it's about a girl whose mother, I guess, is a con artist is what it seems like to me. There's, yeah. But it's also kind of about her, because when you're paired as a con artist, you're basically moving around all the time, so she has a hard time mm -hmm. uh, relating to people, making friends or whatever, but mostly it's about her uh, romantic relationships, this girl, but then it's also about the mother's con artist ways and how she's kind of... They go to a new town and she's trying to weasel her way in to try to con somebody is what it seemed like to me. Is that what you got from the first two episodes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, it was pretty well shot. The acting is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, the story is not my cup of tea, but I'd give it a 6.5. Uh, I think the actress who plays the mom does a very good job the the main character is a very good actress the boy the uh, the two boyfriends are not great <laughs> i got to admit that the, uh, acting the wise the two boyfriends are maybe the worst of the show right um yeah 
but everything else is pretty decent. I mean, it not it's not yeah. something that I would go out of my way to see, but I can see how people would really enjoy it. Uh, what would you give it? Yeah, no, I watched it with very low expectations. I I, I went into this like uh, it's not just my cup of tea, and I was kind of right. It's very AI, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's very young adult. I'm not a young adult, to be honest. I'm I'm an old fart. Uh, so, and I'm not a woman either. So, there's that. Uh, there's that. Uh, but yeah, no, I give it a six. I, it's I, it's watchable. I could have sworn there was already. One, like, young adult is two words. I could have sworn there was already this word that was one word that meant young adult, and it was teenagers. I'm not sure why we don't just use teenagers. It's one word. It's shorter. It means the same thing. I don't know. Whatever. Well, uh, <laughs> we call it yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yas queen. Uh, talk about Yas queen. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> the elephant in the room, Punky Brewster, uh, where they said this. The thing that me and Luke are saying all the time now, young adult, uh, they say YA. <laughs> Luke, like, do they say that in normal life? And I'm like, no, they don't. So, Punky Brewster is the. What should I call this? I, I mean, it's based on the 80s sitcom. If you have seen the 80s sitcom, it is nothing like it, funny enough. It has a lot of references back to it. I very much love and have a very soft spot for uh, the iconic 80s sitcom. Uh, and I think there's this um, uh, relationship between Punky and her father and that works very well in this. So when I went into this, I was like, yeah, okay, sure, I will watch it. And I was very, very pleasantly surprised of how much I liked it. Uh, they kind of try to refresh it. Uh, Punky Broster is now a single mother trying to get her uh, life back uh, after she got the, in a divorce. And she meets this uh, young uh, girl that kind of reminds me, um, reminds her and me as well uh, of her back in the 80s. Uh, and it is Soleil Moon Fry that uh, is back in her rule as Punky Brewster. Very, 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 very good pick. Uh, Cherry Johnson is also back. Not as good, uh, to say it mildly. But Quinn Copeland is the girl, and she wins this for me. Like, I fell in love with her, uh, like... Instantly, she plays amazingly. Freddie Prince Jr. is in this as well. Uh, I watched all of it. I recommend it actually, and give it a six point five. Uh, I mean, it was. I watched a couple episodes of it. As it, it is every the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties sitcom reboot that they've done in the last three to four years. Uh, if yeah. you've seen Fuller House or Girl Meets World, uh, which are both the exact same premise of the grown-up, uh, the kid who was a sitcom star in the 80s slash 90s who grows up and now has kids, same show yeah. as those shows, uh, 
So there is definitely a formula that they're all, all these uh, sitcom shows are going with. There's a very clear, like, one-step formula. We're not going to stray from that, which I wish one of them would do, kind of, is, like, mm. uh, do something a little different. Make it just do something kind Like, some the, even the character types are same from show to show, which is very weird that mm. they would even... Uh, have all the same kind of character types. Uh, like you said, the friend, what was her name? The actress? Uh, obviously, she's kind of not the best part of the show. Cherry. Yeah. Cherry. Uh, but mm. she's the original uh, actress, so it's not like you mm -hmm. can cast somebody else. That would just be right. awful, right? Uh, I mean, you could do it where, like, okay, my, just leave that part of the old show out and we'll just ignore it. Right. But if yeah. the person's there, I guess, whatever. But it's just, it does, I wouldn't say it brings the show down, but it, it feels, she feels very awkward. But maybe in future, in future episodes, if I watch them, she'll get better or future seasons, who knows. Yeah, I, like I said, I liked it. I gave it six for five. What did you give it? Let's see. Uh, I give it a five. Okay. Your turn. Uh, the last thing I saw was Debris. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, on ABC. Uh, it's about... Uh, is it a future, or is it a... Mm, it's kind of a futuristic yeah. time, but it, it seems like all the technology we're seeing is basically the same technology we have now. So right. not in a future... Yes. Not in a huge future where, like, we have... Right. Uh, whatever. Uh, it could floating be cars or... Like, or yeah. Yeah. It could be two year, years from now, like... Right. Uh, pretty much all this... Yeah. Everything's the same, uh, except an alien spacecraft exploded above Earth, and now the debris from this alien spacecraft is slowly, as far as I can tell, uh, falling right. to Earth, and this alien spacecraft material has, like, different superpowers, it seems like. Like, some yes. of the debris can make yes. you... Uh, uh, teleport, some of it can make you yeah. uh, levitate, some of it can make you do have different powers, and then there's this story with this child that confused the fuck out of me. I don't... <laughs> there was, like, this kid, and his mother was li is, like, holding on to his death. I right, Did you understand right. that part of it at all? Yes, yes, uh, I did. Okay, can you explain it to me, please? <laughs> sure. So, uh, uh, full spoilers for the first episode of the pre. Uh, spoiler alert is now given. So, uh, the whole point was that the alien technology that okay. they found back, back in the house. Yeah. You remember when, when they come to the house? It had interpreted uh, their grief and uh, uh, made their son come back from the dead. More oh. or less. So the the alien technology had taken. I got that out. part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. In 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 the kid. So the kid needed energy uh, uh, to live. All right. So it sucked out the life of the mother and the dad. So they died. Uh, but it also made other believe that uh, he was their kid, so he could suck. Uh, more energy. Oh, okay. Of the people. All right. So every time he met a new person, like uh, you saw that uh, he met uh, one older lady at the end of the episode. Right. She said, uh, "When sh she is at who is that?" 
she says, oh, that's my son. Clearly not being the son, because the alien entity had needed to suck the energy to use, uh, keep on living. So it's Tommy Knockers. Uh, the other thing that... Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, that was what confused me, because the, the guy goes, uh, oh, he's repeating the night he got killed. Like, that right. was kind of premise. And then, so, in then we go from, this is episode one. What the hell is episode two going to be? <laughs> <laughs> no clue. <laughs> no clue what, whatsoever. Right. But you know what? I really like this. This was my kind of shit. I mean, it was okay. Um, it was very network TV. There's this very specific I style of filming every, and acting that's very network TV-esque. Yeah. Uh, but the storyline's very interesting. Uh, I'm kind of, in, I'm super interested to see where it goes, but I'm kind of scared that it's gonna be the uh, Tales from the Loop kind of thing happening. But we'll see. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I, do, I don't agree at all that it's very, uh, very uh, like uh, like any other show. I think it sticks out. To be honest, I'm very much like this. I gave this a 7.5. I didn't say it didn't stick out. I said it was very network TV-like. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I gave it a 7.5. Uh, I gave it a 7. Cool. Yeah, this was my number one show of the year to see when we did top top five shows, t- TV and movies we want to see in 2021. Mm-hmm. This was my top show, uh, and I gave it a 7. Uh, so not great look for the rest of the year, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only saw one other show. Uh, I saw Assembly Required. Uh, the Tom Tim Allen. Uh, oh yeah, that I saw last week. Right, yeah. Richard Carr. Um, so I don't know if you kind of. I thought this was kind of. Uh, a Team the Tool Man Taylor reality show, kind of based on on the Team the Tool the Taylor show. So I went in with that expectation. That's not what it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's extremely bad. Uh, that is what it is. Uh, Tim Allen is not a good host, and Richard Carn is not a good host either. Uh, and uh, the people that that they get a hold of that are going to compete, uh, I I really didn't get this. I give it a three. <laughs> really bad. Okay, the other thing we saw, uh, on Monday, right? Yeah, tell me your yeah. secrets. Uh, episode two. Yes, episode two. Uh, burn me when I'm gone. Emma finds Jess's body has gone. Pete convinces her that she has hallucinated, hallucinated on her medication, but may be hiding secrets also. But she finds her own proof of what happened in the bayou, uh, and that it was real, and vows to find the truth while further memories of a dark episode with Kit begins to resurface. Mary holds a vigil for her missing daughter that brings a new lead, and John gleans insight from Emma's past. Yes, every episode of the show is that complicated. (laughs) But I like it! 
Oh, it's good. It's just like I, I, yeah. I have the description for the next ten ten episodes, and they're all that long. When I okay, <laughs> I don't mind it. But yeah, no, they did something very like weird here because in the first episode we didn't get any like who are these people uh, recap, and this was kind of like it felt like this was this first episode. <laughs> like we got a lot of like who are those people uh, backstory. Uh yeah, and it wasn't as exciting as the first episode because the first episode yeah. was setting up the premise of the kind of the mis yeah. the mystery aspect of the show. Yeah. Uh, and then this episode, like you said, a lot of character build up, so not as exciting, yeah. but still. I mean, That's the acting is all very good. Yeah, the cinematography is very fun. Uh, if you want something that's like you can put it on in the background and like do mm -hmm. other things while you're watching it, this is not that show. <laughs> okay, no. uh, but other than that, I I'd give this episode uh, a seven. Yeah, I gave it a seven point five. I think it's a little back from the first episode that I gave an eight. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I I still don't think it's bad by any means or chance, and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to see see how how this goes on. Uh, can I just say that it doesn't feel like a very binge uh, show, and that's kind of one of the things that I was very afraid of that it would be very like oh this is made to binge, but it still doesn't feel like that. Well, I think it's and because I'm, there's uh, so much that happens every episode that. Yeah, you just watching one episode, it still feels like you got a lot out of it because yeah, there's so much happening in every episode. Um, I, I totally agree. We have some TV news. Uh, yeah, Netflix has acquired the rights to all 22 Brian Jacques fantasy series Redwall, marking the first time that the rights to an entire series have been purchased by one film or television company ever. From Netflix yeah, made the deal. Uh, yeah, this was on my top yeah. five children's books when we did that, actually. How is that? We mentioned that... It, this, both I mentioned know. that in the same show. Weird. Uh, Netflix made a deal for the rights with a book publisher, Penguin Random House Children. Uh, this is a major franchise, more even for Netflix, as the books are considered a classic by many and have sold over 30 million copies. Uh, right. It says the streaming network plans to create both a feature film and... Uh, an event TV series based on the books. So they're going to do a movie and a TV series. I bet they'll do the TV series first and then do a movie second. Would be That's how right. I would do it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which TV show was it that did uh, a movie first and then did a, a, a TV series that was very, very good TV series, but a shit show uh, TV, no, uh, movie. Am I thinking of Buffy? Buffy. Bu well, it. Buffy did a movie and then a TV series, yeah. Right. I'm, I think maybe that's what I'm thinking. I liked about. the Buffy movie, actually, and I didn't like the TV show, but most people would say it the other right. way around. So, I don't know. It depends on who you are, I think. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, hey, uh, we're getting a new streaming service very, very soon. It's called Paramount Plus. We have not talked about it on this podcast whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> he lied. Um, guess what? Uh, 
Kelsey Grammer is back as Dr. Fraser in a reboot of Fraser. You're not happy about this. I am. I, I don't, I'm not mad about it. Or I, it's not that I'm not, I just don't, I'm indifferent to Fraser. I never liked Fraser. Yeah, I, when, as a kid watching Fraser, I remember thinking, these pompous assholes aren't funny. That's what I remember thinking. <laughs> yeah. And as the pompous asshole, I like this. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, it. it's going to be uh, coming, it doesn't really say, but uh, I'm assuming right when they right when they uh, launch it, what, next week? Right. I think? Yeah. Uh, yeah is when it, that's happened. So we'll probably talk about the show next week is my guess. I, I mean, I'll end up watching it and everything. What are the chances that his kid, it's his kids and they have, he's a, he's a grandfather, okay, from, and his mm-hmm. kids have kids. All right, and they all live in one house together. Does this sound familiar to any other <laughs> sitcoms from the '80s slash '90s reboots that we've seen? <laughs> and then he adopts a kid, right? <laughs> but yeah, also coming to the streaming service is Flashdance, the TV show. I don't really know. Uh, a new version of uh, Criminal Minds. Okay, just what we needed. Heal. Halo, based on the Xbox franchise, uh, Love Story, weird, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, a TV show of the Italian <laughs> job, a TV show of the man who felt Earth, very weird, uh, a limited uh, 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 television uh, about the making of... Uh, of um, the Godfather. <laughs> that will be interesting. Avatar. Cartoons. Star Trek. Lot of Star Trek. Dating, dating naked will come back. That will be interesting. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Eurovision look. Uh, before we go uh, directly into it, we have some kind of... I, I think it's good news. Uh, there's a decision uh, on uh, from the European Broadcasters Union on the Dutch host broadcaster system that uh, they have uh, evaluated the number of situations on holding the Eurovision Song Contest in Rotterdam, and they have decided that uh, everyone in the Eurovision uh, Song Contest at Rotterdam Ahoy uh, Arena we need to practice social distancing, but there will be a lot of people in there, and everyone will be there live and singing the song. So I think that's at least they're working as that as a, uh, the, the best case scenario and have decided that they will try to let that be this case. I think that's good news. I don't know if you care. Uh, I mean, it sounds it's in March, right? Uh, uh, May, yeah. Oh, May. Okay. Uh, well, they yeah. have time to to go back on that. Then I guess. I'm. If it was yeah. in March, I would say that's a terrible idea. Uh, right. May, May. Okay, maybe you could get it all set up, <laughs> but it still seems maybe. like I would still think that they're on. Uh, they have a backup plan just in case shit hits the fan, is my guess. Right. 
Okay, let's talk about the songs. We have Ella, Alina, Jesus Christ's last name, Sigrinu, with El Diablo. Uh, what did you think about this, and why uh, did uh, they not contact Lady Gaga for this song? Uh, I mean, how do you feel about worshipping Satan, exactly? <laughs> like, uh, am I wrong, or is this song about no, worshipping Satan? Okay. It is a song about wishing Satan. I mean, the whole thing is like, I love Satan, uh, Satan, I love Satan, <laughs> Sa I love... That's what it, it sounded sounds like to like... me. I, I, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> no, you're not missing something. It's just very strange for a Eurovision song to be all about worshipping the devil. The devil. Uh, but yeah, no, but it sounds very much like the Lady Gaga song. That's Why, because she worships the devil? <laughs> No, I mean, like, uh, music-wise. It's funny, because there are, like, right-wing conspiracies that she does worship the devil, by the way. But, uh, okay. yes, uh, there's, like, pictures of her. You've never seen the pictures from, like, the spirit cookings or whatever of Lady Gaga? No. Oh. No. No, okay. The spirit cookings of Lady Gaga? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Jer get, get ready, I'll put it in the Jeremy route. Okay. But, yeah, what did you think about this song? Uh, other than the wor worshipping Satan, I mean, the dance choreography uh, in this, I mean, uh, it was kind of interesting. You got, like, the demons around her or whatever they were supposed to be. Uh, and she's kind of up on a pedestal. Um, mm. she's an alright singer. It's, it's, you know, she's, I didn't hear anything amazing out of her, but, uh, she, she's, she can hold a note. The song is a little, uh... Repetitive is the best word yes. I can use for it. Yes. It it felt like I could have stopped listening to the song halfway through and I wouldn't have missed anything yeah. because it's all the same, <laughs> right? Um, I totally agree. So for that reason, and I do not think this is going to do well, that was the other thing, mm. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, this is actually going to give a, get a 3.5 for me, so I think you're nice. Uh, then let's go to Ireland. Ireland, uh, Leslie Roy with her song Maps. What did you think about Maps, Luke? Um, yeah, which one is this? Sorry. This is the, uh, the lady that sings uh, in the uh, Scotland forest. Oh, right. Uh, I hope to God this woman doesn't have to dance on stage because this was a music video. <laughs> this was a music video that they edited together to make her look yeah. good. Assuming they did this to make her look she good. Holy dance. crap, she can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> and this was these were the shots they chose to put in the music video. Think about the I stuff know. that got put on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Um. She can't move. I mean, she dances like a dad. Uh, it looked never like have danced before in a wedding. It looked like if you were to take an action figure and then animate it to dance, <laughs> and it only had so many points of articulation on it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the song's all right. You know, it reminded me yeah. of something. I can't put my finger on it. What it reminded me of exactly, but. Um, Assuming that she doesn't have to dance on stage uh, and they have a decent whatever, uh, I'll give it a. Uh, I'll give it a five. It's getting a five point five. 
I think it's a little better than than uh, in the middle of the road. I think she, her voice is is very good. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, then let's talk about the song that you didn't see a music video for because the music video is six hours long, uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost. Uh, but Germany come out with their song and they are uh, qualified for the final already. Uh, and it's a Yendrik with I Don't Feel Hate. Well, he's soon going to feel some hate from Norway. But let's uh, talk about uh, what you think. Uh, it, it kind of felt like they made this song because they didn't want to win Eurovision. Is what it felt like. That is entirely how I feel as well. <laughs> that, is, that, that is the first thing I wrote down. It's like, this is made because they don't want... They want to make sure they don't win. Yeah, it kind of felt like that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it in that sense. Because the comedy bits in it were kind of... F they kind of made me chuckle. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Because it's kind of a pop, it's a co comedy poppy, I don't know. Uh, Jason Moross. There you go. That yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the guy himself, at least from the picture on the video you sent me, he looks like a combination yeah. between Logan Paul and PewDiePie. If, you, if they had a baby, <laughs> if they had a kid together. <laughs> right. It would be him. Right. Uh, <laughs> But the song is really not good. I mean, it's funny, but it's oh. clearly not going to do well in Eurovision. So, yeah, oh. like a two, maybe? Uh, yeah, I gave it a two as well. It's just an awful song. Very, like, generic. Very, like... I think it's... It, I, I, I like that they are trying to be funny, but it doesn't really fit inside of Eurovision. That, that's why I don't like it. And let's do some plugs. Uh... Email another digital citizen at gmail.com. That's another digital citizen, all one word, at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of us for whatever reason, uh, you can also find us on Twitter at podcastadc. That's at podcastadc. We also have a Facebook page, another digital citizen on Facebook. Uh, go there, see things, do stuff. <laughs> go there, see things, do stuff. That is the motto of our podcast. Yeah. Okay, let's do movies and see if I can get some more points and beat you. I don't think I will, but we will see. Okay, yeah. Uh, I gotta get that. Right. I'm, f what, three up right now. Let's see where we can go from here. Um. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Best motion picture drama, Nomadland. And I got a point there, and you picked Mank. Oh, I did. Stupid me. Uh, musical or comedy, Borat? I got a point there, and you picked ha Hamilton. Can't read my own handwriting. Actor, yes. Best performance in a motion picture drama, Chadwick Boseman. I got a point there, and you picked Gary Ullman. Actress Andrea Day for the United States versus Billy Holiday that we will talk about. Uh, neither of us got a point there. I picked Carrie Mulligan and you picked, uh, oh, Francis McDormand. Best performance in a motion picture musical or comedy, Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat. 
I got a point there, and you got you picked Andy Sandberg. I'm so fucking screwed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's over uh, at this point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, actress Rosamund Pike. I care a lot. Uh, I got a point there, and you picked Anna Taylor Joy. <laughs> this is kind of funny, though. Yeah. How how much you're beating me by? <laughs> it's it's, get, it's yeah. I'm did really well on movies. I've only gotten one wrong so far. Yeah. I wish I would have got yeah. the, the sweep, but keep going. Uh, best supporting uh, performance in the motion picture, supporting actor Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, you got a point there. I picked Ooh. Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, then I it was supporting actress was Judy Foster for uh, the Mutarian. Mutarian? Manchurian. Uh, you got a point yeah. there. I picked Glenn Close. Hey. Hey. Uh, best director, Chloe Shao for Nomadland. Uh, I got a, I got a point there. You you had picked Fincher. I don't know who that is. David Fincher, right? David Fincher, yes. Uh, then it was best screenplay. Aaron Sorkin for the Trial of Chicago Seven. And you got a point there. And I had picked uh, David Fincher for that one. Okay. So. Oh. I clearly won, but let me count this up really quick. Oh. <laughs> By a lot. <laughs> okay, you got four, and I got ten out of like uh, the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you beat me by six. I I think that's uh pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I, I had a feeling that some of these ones like the. You remember I picked Jason Sudeikis? The only reason I picked mm -hmm. him was because I knew he, they would just want him up on stage because he's funny. That was my reason right. for picking him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. there you go. I, maybe that says something about uh, how I picked my stuff. Well, let's talk about movies. I've seen a lot, a uh, few. Uh, uh, let's talk about the movie that I can't pronounce. The Manchurian. Yeah. Manchurian. Uh, that I saw this week because uh, it won a Golden Globe, and I was like, "Sure, I should watch that." And uh, I didn't regret watching that, uh, other than that it's about Abel Gride and uh, uh, a lot of uh, terrorist uh, interrogation uh, uh, methods and a lot of uh, war things. It's a good movie. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I think it will get some Oscar noms. It's very uh, Oscar nom uh, baity, uh, and I think Judy Foster definitely deserves uh, the winner in this category. Uh, but I, like I said, I am not sure how much I needed to watch a lot of like, oh, we're going to torture this guy for six hours. Uh, scenes. Right. I understand what, what it's trying to to tell, and I I knew the story. Story. I didn't know that this was the movie because I, I I think I've read the book because it's based on a book by the same guy that uh, uh, got in prison here. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a good movie. I, I but I'm I'm going to take it a little down because of uh, the, the theme was very like. 
one. So I'm on, only going to give it an eight. But it's still an eight. Okay. I saw a movie that you have just got to see, Fro. It's called Bigfoot Family on Netflix. No, I don't need to see that. It's got 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, though, so it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, it's about Amazing. Bigfoot, who apparently Bigfoot in this movie... Uh, he was a scientist who was working on engineering, some, doing some kind of genetic engineering, and accidentally oh. got poked with a needle and turned into Bigfoot, and then had to run from the government into the woods <laughs> to hide because they wanted to do tests on him. Uh, years later, he comes back to civilization and starts a family? <laughs> And he becomes super famous because everybody wanted to know Bigfoot, so he's doing, like, TV interviews and things. And he realizes with his fame that he can help save the environment, so he goes to Alaska to stop oil, uh, people drilling oil. Uh, and it's all about, like, anti it's a big anti-fracking cartoon. It's pretty amazing, actually. It's so terrible that I actually do think you need to see this. Maybe. Maybe I will. I gave it a three. I don't know. Uh, well, I also saw a cartoon, funny enough. Well, uh, cartoon and motion like normal people. I saw Tom and Jerry that we'll talk about a little later. Uh, guess what? It was about the mouse, uh, Tom and, Jer and Cat Tom and Jerry. Uh, it's almost like that was the whole point. Mm -hmm. I, I looked online. And this has gotten very, very bad reviews. Uh, so I went into this thinking it would suck donkey balls. Right. Uh, I don't think it sucked donkey balls. It's not amazing. It's not Who Framed Roger Rabbit or even uh, uh, even uh, the one with the basketball player. Uh, but... I, I liked it good enough. Uh, I was entertained. I will give it a 6.5. I mean, it's a children's cartoon. Right. I don't get why people are so obsessed by this, but sure. I haven't seen anything uh, super bad about it, but I guess we'll talk about that in a second. Um, right. I saw Biggie. I got a story to tell. A documentary about uh, Biggie Smalls. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it's a pretty standard documentary, except uh, with a twi the found footage twist, where they, f mm -hmm. they got a guy who was on tour with him, who happened to have this Hi8 camera uh, the whole time they were going around on tour. So it, it's all this behind-the-scenes footage, these interviews with people uh, from that time period, like with this you know, grainy high look to it, which is always cool in a documentary to have some, a bunch of really nice found footage that nobody's ever seen about your subject. Uh, and so, yeah, that that's the most interesting part about this documentary is the found footage to me. Other than that, it's just kind of uh, the story of his life. And if you know that, uh, you can pretty much know everything in, in this movie. They, cut, they left out some things to make him look uh, really good. They left out a you know, th some of the bad things he did in his life, you know, but, or they kind of glossed over him a little bit. Um, but other than that, uh, I'd give this documentary overall, it's got to give it like a 6.5. You know, it's like, it's a standard documentary, but the mm, found footage takes it above, uh, above like a 
middle of the road movie. Well, the last movie I saw this week was a movie I saw with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the United States versus Billy Holiday. This is a Hulu film that they very much bought. It's about Billy Holiday. Uh, and it is super boring. <laughs> it felt like they had a, an hour-long idea of a movie, and then they were like, "We want yes. I mean, it needs to be two hours, so they did a whole lot of music bits, which I understand the singing bits, but when yeah. they do like a full four-minute song, and then they do a montage right after it, it's like, okay, it kind of mm. feels like you're filling space to fill two hours. Uh, I mean, the story itself is largely about like her struggle as a black performer uh, during that time period, which that, I guess, yeah. is interesting. But the name of the movie is uh, Billie Holiday versus America, right? Is the name of it? Right. Uh, the United States versus Billie Holiday. Okay. Uh, yes. And that title, it hap- the... the court case is very a very minimal part of or like the battle of her versus uh, the US is a very like minimal side story of the movie itself to me I, I, I think I'm generous if I say it's 5% of the movie um no I would say it's a little more than that but yeah I think it's it's in it's in the lower ha- it's in the lower half for sure. I mean, it's in the right. lower third of the what the the movie's mostly about her life and like her yeah. relationships with men and her drug addiction and then her dealing with her bandmates and everything and then the government thing is kind of in the background the whole time. So like mm. it, the story of her life is interesting enough it felt like almost like if you wanted to make that movie, just leave the government part out. Or if you wanted to make the government, the movie about her versus the government, then do that movie. But it overall, I, I I thought the acting was very, very good. And the cinematography was very good. It's just that it felt like it was trying to be a little too many things to me. So I gave it a seven. Uh, Andrea Day as Billie Holiday is amazing. Um, uh, but I can't remember the last time I was this shit bored out of a movie. Um, I think a seven is a little too generous. I think I will give it a six. Uh, I, I will say that Andrea Day is amazing. I thought all the actors were really good in this. Yeah. I thought the guy who played the main, uh, FBI agent did really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody was very. I, the problem was the way it was edited together. Uh, really, is is was the only problem to me. So because of all these, ex, the ex- excessive amount of montages in this movie, that was one of the biggest hindrances to yeah. me. Yeah, it was like every other scene was either a her singing Bom- a full length song or a montage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every ne- movie needs a montage. Uh, let's talk about some movie news. Angelina Jolie, uh, I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, very little known actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she shouts off, uh, Winston Churchill painting from ba- Brad Pitt that she was married, uh, with, uh, for 
11.5 million dollars. That is a lot of million dollars. Uh, yeah, I guess it was gifted to her by Brad Pitt. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess she just didn't want it anymore for whatever reason. I, I, 11.5 million, sure. I mean, they are getting a divorce, so... Well, yeah, it, that's what I mean. She just doesn't want it around anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I I can understand that. Selling away things that you don't want. Yeah, you don't want to be reminded of your ex all the time. Maybe says, that picture just... Yeah. It says here, uh, sources tell us that Pitt's role in Quentin Tarantino's uh, movie Inglorious Bastards helped inspire his interest in Churchill's work. That's interesting. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I think he should uh, be allowed to uh, buy it back. (laughs) That would be funny. Oh, he he could if he went to... It sounds like they're auctioning it off. That would be hilarious if he did. I just think it's funny that he got interested in history because of Inglorious Bastards. You know that very historical, historically accurate film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, where they kill Hitler. Uh, spoiler alert for a very old movie. Uh, okay, let's uh, watch the audio trailer for Tom and Jerry. So, look, do you remember who's Tom and who's Jerry of the cats and the mouse? Uh, yeah, the mouse is Tom, right? That's what I think as well, yeah. Well, you saw the movie. No, but I don't remember who's Tom and his dragon. Oh, right. I always have problems. I never... Until you just said that, I never really thought about it, I guess. Right. Yeah, but yeah, Jerry. Jerry is a cat's name. Tom is right more mousy. Well, Tom is... I mean, Tom and Jerry. And Tom is kind of more the main character in my mind. Right. And his name comes first in the title? That's the way I think I remember. Mm. I love Chloe. Oh, this is so detailed. We could hire an exterminator. I mean, the trailer doesn't even make it look that great. <laughs> Like I said, it's totally okay. Right. I like him, he's funny. Yeah. And I like Chloe Garcia, whatever, so whatever her name is. I've definitely seen her in things, but I don't remember her name. (laughs) I like this kind of slapstick humor, though. Yeah, that is very old school though, so I can maybe people nowadays aren't don't kind of register it the same way. Mm-hmm. Colin Jost, by the way, plays Ben in this movie. And it was very weird to see Colin Jost, Jost in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like super classic. Okay. So, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about, Luke? A legendary rival, 
reemerges when Jerry moves into a New York New York's finest hotel for the eve of the wedding of the century, forcing the desperate event planner to hire Tom to get rid of him. So Jerry is the mouse. Yeah. Jerry is the mouse. Okay. Wow. As mayhem ensues, the escalating cat and mouse battles uh, soon threatens to destroy her career, the wedding, and possibly the hotel itself. But I, I agree with you that uh, the mouse is the main person and should be first. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I, I didn't really watch Tom and Jerry as a kid, so I, I would be the wrong right. person to ask that question in the first place. But, like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm surprised. I guess I always I did always think it was Tom, though. Yeah, me too. So huh. weird. Uh, but, yeah. This has uh, Chloe Mortez, Colin Jost, Michael Lopea, Parla, a lot of people in it. Right, it's got 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.6 6 out of 10 on IMDb, so those are totally different scores. Uh, 86% of Google users liked it. I mean, they're so different, I'm going to go check out the audience score just to see if that's like, oh, that's 85. So that's way closer uh, to the Google users uh, so the yeah. uh, people who watched it uh, kind of liked it, but uh, people who were reviewing it clearly did not. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this is a reviewer kind of movie at all. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, did you find any reviews on the Facebook, maybe? That's right, I went to the Facebook. Uh, let's see, this one's from somebody from Japan, so I don't know how to say their name. Because uh, it's all in Japanese. Uh, already done. Haha. Ha, finished watching last night, and it was such a great movie. Uh, but uh, Rai Rai guy says some of the animation looks super awkward, but I'm glad they're at least trying something new. Uh, it it's not a full blown 3D CGI. Uh, great work. This is what he says. Okay. Nicola gave it. Uh, stars on Rotten Tomatoes. It was a classic uh, Tom and Jerry comedy. Great family film. Just what we needed. Uh, then uh, Will gave it one star and say the movie wasn't funny and there was some bad acting. Uh, Bless 3 said I like this movie. It was a classic and PG and gave it full star. And James R. says, the whole movie was basically about this teenager lying about their experience by stealing someone's resume. And and she's just so annoying. The movie is mostly about her and less of Tom and Jerry. So basically, this movie will teach kids that you don't need experience for the dream jobs, which is not the reality. <laughs> and I can understand what he means, because I've seen this movie. Okay, uh, Richard Vianti says, I enjoyed it, most of the animation was good, but once in a while it looked super balloony or floaty. When I when I saw that, it took me out of the story, but I think they could fix that in, in another movie. So I guess he wants a sequel. So Luke, tell me, what other movies came out this week? Uh, my Zoe, uh, Isabel, a single mother raising her only daughter, takes matters into her own hands after tragedy strikes... And it says 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, 63% in Metacritic. Pretty solid 60s yeah. across the board there. Yeah. Julie De Depley, Richard Armitage, 
uh, and Gemma Arton uh, are in this movie. Uh, crisis, uh, a drug trafficking, a drug trafficker organizes a spungling operation while recovering, uh, a recovering addict seeks to the truth behind her son's disappearance. Uh, oh my gosh, bro, this has Army Hammer in it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's got Luke Evans, Evangeline Lilly, Lily Rose Depp. It's got Lily Rose Depp and Army Hammer wow. in it? Holy crap, wow. this movie is like a gold mine. What year is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.6 .6 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, 55% uh, of Google users liked it. Uh, the Vigil... Uh, a young man agrees to fulfill the duties of uh, Schumer, a ritualistic pr pl practice of looking after a dead body over the course of one night. Okay. 89% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 67% on Metacritic, starring Lynn Cohen and David uh, Dave Davis. That's a name. Yeah, I've, I've heard of uh, this is one of the best horror movies of the year. 89% is a pretty good score, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of good scores, uh, the father, a man refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. Uh, as he tries to make sense of changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his own loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. 100% mm. on Rotten Tomatoes, 87% on Metacritic, 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, starring Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Olivia Coleman and Imogen Puts. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's a hundred percent. That sounds pretty damn yeah. good. That sounds a bit like a movie I would like to watch as well. It sounds depressing as hell, but it sounds like it's going to yes. be very good. Um, safer at home, friends gather for an online party as COVID nineteen as the COVID nineteen pandemic creates mass chaos in Los Angeles. Uh, it looks like a whole, it's a thriller mystery. Uh, okay. Uh, it only says 3.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Not great there. Starring Jocelyn Hudson, Emma Lahana, uh, and da Don Johnson. Not that Don Johnson. Not oh. that one. A different one. Oh. Okay. I was just going to say Don Johnson. No, nope, it's random. a different, different guy. I'd see a picture of him and definitely not that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cherry. Oh, uh, a wild journey of a disenfranchised young man from Ohio who meets his meets the love of his life only to risk losing her through a series of bad decisions and and changing life circumstance oh challenging life circumstances uh, starring Tom Holland and Ciara Bravo oh and Bill Skarsgård 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb 38% on Rotten Tomatoes 46% on Reddit Critic so, what movie would you see out of this? Wow. Um, actually, I, why don't you go first? I, it's, I'm having a hard time deciding here. I would go with Virtual, just because I've heard it's a very good horror movie, and I love horror movies. Yeah, I think probably The Father, but like, I really want to see The Crisis, because it looks awful. But hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Go there, 
get a 30 day of free trial of Audible, get a free Audible tr uh, book, uh, and even when you cancel, if you cancel, I doubt you'll cancel, you will keep the book, it helps us out, so go there. Next week, uh, we will talk of news of the week. It seems there's something going on in Sweden that we will maybe talk about next week. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we will do Tell Me Your Secrets, episode 3. I'm very much looking forward to continuing this. How, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, it's fun. It, it, I mean, it's a good show, and it's one that you can just sit down and, and really enjoy. Like, uh, some of them, well... Some shows we've covered, it's like you almost dread watching them at a point, yeah. but this one so far has been really good. Uh, then we will do another digital review of Chaos Walking. Is that when you walk very, very, very fast and don't know where you're going? I don't know, it sounds like some kind of like uh, voodoo, like voodoo spell, like spiritual, <laughs> you know what I mean? Shamanic, yeah. some yeah. kind of shamanic thing, yeah. Uh, what we're going to talk about next week. Jeremy Round. Uh, do you have anything for the Jeremy Round? You said something about uh, demonic possession and Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. Let me post those in the chat. And it, Do you have anything else uh, while I post those in the chat? I got them, sure. I, I got them right here. I, I, I will talk about some else. Uh, about Frenemies. Uh, that was maybe the one of the best episodes of Friends in quite a while this week. Uh, I really liked it from the top to the end. Uh, very funny costume uh, they came oh, in. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I did not know what it was at first. <laughs> like, did you get just, no. Justin Timberlake from him when you first looked at it? I didn't get that at no. all, whatsoever. No, it doesn't look at all like just but I understood it when he showed us the reference. The picture itself, right. Yes. And I yeah, think it was right. supposed to be a joke because the outfits were, were just so bad. Because it was like, you know, whatever, the early 2000s when they were wearing them. And it was, yeah. Mm. Uh, the Golden Globes uh, that we have talked about a lot it is 60% down on the, <laughs> on the ratings. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is bla uh, can be blamed under Corona or I, I'm no I definitely what wouldn't it be the reverse if everybody was at home wouldn't everybody be watching it I think it's more uh, I honestly I would I'm surprised more people aren't because I don't remember anybody watching it years before this so right <laughs> right yeah that's true. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it doesn't really surprise me that it's a lot uh, down, I guess. Alright, pictures in the chat. Okay. Uh, so I'm this was from, like, pictures. this was from, like, an art installation. Uh, that's Lady Gaga there in the <laughs> middle. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> she uh. is got a spoon... And there's a man in what only appears to be a giant pool of blood, uh, yeah. and she seems to be eating from him. Not from the pool itself, off of the person, but eating whatever the blood-looking liquid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yes. I've never seen this before. It's uh, yeah. If it, it, this whole conspiracy of this lady that you see if, uh, <laughs> in the last picture on the right there. Yeah. This is the yeah. artist uh, who put in the installation and stuff or whatever. She's like the person who did all, all these art installations. Uh, mm-hmm. she, and she calls it spirit cooking or whatever. And people... Uh, right. And people have connected her. Like, this is goes into, like, the QAnon shit and stuff like that. About, yeah. like, the globalist Hollywood uh, satanic elites. Right. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah, those. Yeah, I'm surprised you never heard of that. This is disgusting. It looks really I, gross, I wonder, but you know, it's like it's art. It's that weird, you know, how art can be. Definitely. Do you think uh, you could like trick people into think you're an artist by by doing something like this? Like I I I sometimes go or or I did go to art galleries and I I go like. If I had a kid that was five years old, they could make the same thing. Like, who decides what's art and what's not? Well, remember like, the guy with the banana in Florida? Yes. And then the other guy just showed up and nailed a banana to the wall? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that, I think the whole point of that was kind of the same question you're asking. I mean, and the funny part is that was part of the art, right? It's like, that's mm. the Yeah. Uh, okay, I saw this trailer for a TV show last night. From Have you seen okay. this? No. Okay, uh, you have to see this. Uh, it's called Chad on TBS. Uh, Chad? Okay. Right, I don't know if they're going for, like, internet meme Chad or, or not. You know what I'm saying? But I think that's what they might be going for. Okay. Okay, give me a countdown. I've not seen a pod rather in it. Okay. Whoever that is. In three, two, one, go. Junior high is behind me now. Okay. It's a comedy about a 14-year-old prepubescent Persian boy, is what this is about, right? I've seen her before. Right. I just don't understand the concept of the show. They're like, we want to do a show about a 14-year-old prepubescent boy. Let's cast yeah, so, Let's cast this lady yes. in it. This is the most boomer show I've seen in my entire life. Wow. I, I saw it and awful. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> looks awful. I, I'm de- I mean, we're, I'm going to watch it. I just don't understand it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, what else? 
Do you have anything else? I'm flabbergasted after that. After that? Right, yeah. That's what I, how I felt last night when I was going to bed, right. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Okay. <laughs> I have nothing. And nothing I, interesting to say. Yeah, everybody go check out the trailer for Chad. Dude. Uh, okay. From Norway, my name is Fro. From the US, my name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen.